Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And today we have with us Shayla Rivera. Shayla, professional comedian, professor, speaker, engineer, and former rocket scientist. If you've never heard of Shayla, where have you been? She just came off of an HBO special, and now that you're listening to the show, ¿sabes qué? Now you've heard of Shayla. Shayla, how you doing? I'm doing good, and the HBO special is called It's Not Rocket Science. There it's you go. not rocket science. That, that that aired when last month. When when did that air? What it month came that? out uh, a couple of months back. It's on HBO Max. Uh, yes, and uh, it was fun, fantastic, and just uh, you know the I waited what 27, 26 years for this HBO special. So I'm about to just blow up. Was HBO even around that long ago? I'm uh, not. Sh- I don't oh. think so. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ouch. Shayla, Shayla, good friend, Shayla Levetta is joining us today. And Shayla, we're here to talk about a lot of people have seen you, and I'm, I'm kidding about that. A lot of people have seen you on the HBO special. That is fantastic. They've seen your stand-up comedy acts. Uh, you, uh, you have a TED Talk. I mean, you're out there and about. But a lot of people don't know you. So that's why we're here today, is to get to know Shayla Levetta a little bit better. So Shayla, let's start off with, I know it seems a little cliche, but where were you born, Shayla? Where was I born? I was born in a hospital. All right, so I was born and raised in uh, raised in Puerto Rico, in Carolina, Puerto Rico, Santurce, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, I am Puerto Rican until I die. <laughs> Always Puerto Rican. Always. So, so born and raised, and um, so when did you come over states? So when did you get off the island? Yeah. So, okay. So it's an interesting because I I really, one of the things that I speak on uh, a lot is the value of our story, which we don't share enough. I really think that right now, if you look at the world and the the status that we are in, one of the biggest problems we have, if not the biggest, is that we're not relating to each other with who we are. And most people don't even think about their own story and they don't understand that they have so much cool stuff in there that they have forgotten about. So I was 17 when I graduated high school in Puerto Rico. When you graduate high school, you go to your uh, graduation first, then you go to your senior prom. And, you know, I like to tell people when I, because this really happened, my parents had already moved to Houston the year before they let me finish my high school in Puerto Rico. So after my senior prom ended at four 30, they had me in a plane leaving Puerto Rico, um, to go to Houston, Houston, Texas. Wow. Uh, which was a huge change, certainly, for me. Um, so that was, uh, I didn't speak English. Uh, I mean, I spoke Puerto Rican, but that was not <laughs> English well, really well, per se. That was a change because in, in, in Puerto Rico, the water is around you, but in Houston, the water is usually in your living room as much, no as, kidding. It, as, much as they've been flooding lately. <laughs> Doing comedy, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, huh? that's your job, right? That's your job. Sorry. <laughs> no. Didn't mean, didn't mean to interfere. So uh, per, came to the U.S. It's at age 17, speaking, yes. just speaking Puerto Rican. Yes. Uh, is that a form of Spanish? I'm not sure because it's I English. Listen- yeah, Puerto yeah. Rico. You know, the thing about it, people think when you go to Puerto Rico now, 
you and you only speak English, you will find people will be able to communicate with you. You know what do you need? And we will do that. And a lot of people speak English actually pretty well. But this is back in 19, should I even say it? Uh, of course I will. 79. Um, you know, so it was a little bit different. And although I did have classes in English all my life, it wasn't, you know, I mean, come on. It's like you, you know, the people here all the time, they say, yeah, I speak Spanish. I took it in high school. And then it's like, uh, no, that's not working. Tu sabes. Well, and, uh, then, and y también with, with potrequeños, in my mind, or what oh I hear in my, in my ear, you just chop up, chop up the words and the middle pieces. You never finish the darn vowels. Right. Yeah? right. And as everybody knows, you have Mexican descent. So let me tell you something, sir. Mexicans do the same thing. I've been at a dinner around a Mexican family and I remember I didn't, I couldn't understand. It was like a foreign language. Um, <laughs> seriously, it was like a big, uh, I think Thanksgiving dinner in California when I lived out there and they were from El DF. They were from Mexico DF, City. Okay. And they had family that came in to visit and Boy, there was like 20 of them at this table. Y yo estaba like a cucaracha en baile gallina. I was a roach and a chicken. I had no idea. I laughed when they laughed and I ate when they gave me something. <laughs> and leaned over. What the heck did they just say? ¿Qué dijo? Why is that funny? So, yeah, the Puerto Ricans, we do. Caribbean people have, uh, you know, we, we do kind of not pronounce fully sometimes yes. and 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 as far as my caribbean brothers and sisters over there your sense of time is just worse than i mean for for me con con mi gente it's like was m m time what's that mean más o menos i mean it's like <laughs> but with the caribbeans like i don't know. know yeah i will no. ahorita is like you know I'm, no, ahorita for, for you guys ahorita is in a while for you guys is right now right yeah right yeah right and for uh, you guys, it's like, yeah, once I take my shower and start getting dressed, you know, I at eight o'clock tonight, that's what it Yeah, no, after I have dinner and everything, who goes to the party at nine? Well, that's crazy. I'll be there at 11, right? Yeah. When people are already kind of, you know, uh, happy. <laughs> but no, I ended up going to Texas, which was, uh, you know, my, my father was working over there and, uh, for IBM. My mom was working for the Eastern Airlines, well, Continental at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so you're 17, you're in Houston, and um, I take it you go to a post-secondary uh, institution of some sort. So where did you yeah. go to college at? Yeah, a little school. Uh, you know, maybe you've heard of it, Texas A&M University. Whoop! Of course. Uh, whoop! That's a little cow patty uh, schoolhouse over there. Got it. A <laughs> uh, little school, yes. And, um, and, yes. You had a what, and you became an engineer? I did. I went. I studied aerospace engineering uh, and psychology. Actually, I really had a lot of uh, desire to understand, I've always wanted to understand people. Why do we do the things we do? But I really enjoy psychology wait, courses. Wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> psychology and being an engineer? I mean, that's kind yes. of an oxymoron. I mean, oh, yeah, well, you know, that, you know you the combine? joke is... <laughs> you know, the joke is that I will come in handy someday when we find life in another planet that needs therapy. Right? Be like, E.T., why won't you call your mother? Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. I Well, I think like many students, uh, you know, you go in to please your parents a lot. And I knew I was going to be in science somewhere, but it, I I could not change the psychology because that was more of a liberal arts type of thing. And in Latino families, you're going to study something with teeth, doctor, lawyer, or, you know, engineer or something mm -hmm. like that. And I, I'm, I was always, I was a geek. I like being, I like science, but I really did love none of that. None of that liberal arts stuff for you. Huh? No, hombre, deja eso. None of that. I do that now. <laughs> 
so you became, and then um, I, 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 it's hard for me to believe. I mean, it's not hard for me to believe, but you were actually a rocket scientist at NASA, right? Well, I was, yeah. So I, got, I, I graduated in 83, then I went to work for the space program at NASA and I worked with, uh, you know, the shuttle and it was fantastic. And I was there for a year and a little bit and then Challenger happened. And when that happened, you know, I was with McDonnell Douglas and we had, uh, we had the contract at that time. So once Challenger happened, if you all don't know what that means, you need to look it up. Um, a lot of people don't. Uh, space shuttle that exploded. Um, um, okay, in- I'm just, uh, and that was a horrific time in our history, but Shayla, that that wasn't your fault, was it? I mean, you can. You can- well, you know, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, a, I, I was sworn to, you know, my, I can't say. Confidentiality. You know, it's confidentiality okay. right, right now. It wasn't. So uh, then after that, the, what they did is, you know, I ended up going for a year while they were doing the investigation, ended up in Arizona, which was really cool because I got to work with the Apache helicopter. Did you have and- to wear did you have to wear an ankle bracelet when you went to Arizona? Or? I did not, not yet. Not that kind of investigation. Yeah, okay. not that kind of, yeah. So I, Apache helicopter, which cool because it was like the helicopter was right there, you know, with the shuttle. I, I didn't have the shuttle right there because I was in Houston. So the, just being near the, the machines was great. And then after that, came back to Houston and worked on the space station program, uh, assembly and development for a while. And then from there, I left. I went into uh technical sales um, of oil and gas products, environmental systems <laughs> in Houston for chemical and refining. And that's when I got exposed to sales training, which so how, changed my life. So how in the world, with that type of pedigree and education and career path, did you end up being a comedian? Well, because when I started in sales, you know, I really got into uh, sales trainings, motivational speakers, and I decided I wanted to be a motivational speaker. I ended up being a corporate trainer for stress management, and people would tell me, you should be a comedian. And I'm like, hey, I'm trying to be enlightening, as stupid all. I was so offended every time they told me that. But I, you know, heard it enough times. I guess you know how we are. We're just kind of funny people. So, um, yeah, I ended up trying comedy in 1993. I did comedy for the first time, and uh, and that was it. Then I what, went. I became a pro. Uh, 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 what do you say? You were a, a overnight sensation. Now, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an overnight sensation. Almost, almost, almost. Just, it takes that long in comedy. <laughs> it took 28 years. And took, Latino, oh gosh. <laughs> it took 28 years to get your own HBO special, but you made it. You made I it. I made it. Dang it. That never that, give up. That is so cool. <laughs> So Shayla, going back to your first comedy gig, I mean, what was that like? Where, where was it? Was it a little nightclub uh, on stage? Uh, did well, you, you know, do a bar mitzvah or what? I mean, what was a, it? A, it's, a, it's a good question because I, when I growing up in Puerto Rico, we didn't have stand up comedy. We had, you know, uh, los oh, comediantes. It's called family dinner, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Family. We were uh, so so when the, when I heard you should be a comedian and I heard stand up comedy, then I started watching stand up comedy. I hadn't even really looked at stand up comedy, and and that's when uh, uh, my dad, I my dad and I started watching like George Carlin and stuff like that, and that was fun. But uh, the first time I did comedy was uh, actually there was a a seminar coming to Houston. <laughs> you know, there's no comedy seminars anywhere in the world, but I signed up for the seminar, paid $286, and there were going to be comedians and they, it's going to be agents and managers. And I'm like, 
this is going to be fun. I'm going to learn so much. These people are going to be so funny was, and everything. It was and how they much? were all miserable. It was how much? 286. 200. Yeah. Now they saw you coming. Which is oddly enough is what HBO paid for the special. <laughs> $286. Yeah. So I made my money, man. I'm out. I you broke did. even. You broke I broke even. even. Yeah. So it, it was really funny because like I, I just said when you talked over me that. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Perdón. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. my show, man. Okay. okay. Uh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. No, man. mentira. It's your show. Este, no, no, that I really expected to be surrounded by a bunch of fun people, comedians, right? I mean, funny. And they were miserable and bitter and angry. And I'm like, ooh, get out of, get out of it. Um, but I, you know, didn't pay attention. And I, that's when I did my first five minutes. It was on a Sunday in November, 1993. And uh, boy, when I did those first five minutes, that was it. I said, oh, yeah. I like this. Do you have the audience eating out of your hand? They, they laughed. I, you know, they said you have five minutes, which is a long time. And uh, I wrote five minutes of material and I prepared for it. I memorized it and it ended up being about seven minutes because people laughed. I did not, I did not allow any time for laughter. So that was a good sign. Uh, I didn't even know, you know, that I was, uh, that was great. Uh, so that was after that, I got invited to go to San Antonio and perform at the River Center Comedy Club. And, and then I went back to Houston and started working with the Comedy Showcase in Fuquay Street down there in Pasadena. So were you doing this full time or did you have to actually have a like a daytime working gig as well? Well, of course, you have to have a date if, if you want to pay the bills. Um, okay. Yeah, I still I continued in my sales for a while and. Um, but it, it kind of, in, in a year and a half, maybe two years, it became uh, time for me to go on the road if I wanted to get better. This is back in the day, you know. Mm -hmm. So you have to get in your car and go to every little one-nighter, you know, up and down the nation. So I, I did that for a little bit. And then Paul Rodriguez actually um, came. There was a show in San Antonio and Houston that I did with him and and. That was really amazing. It was really cool. I did it at the Arena Theater in Houston, where it's a round theater. And from there, I just, you know, kept on doing it. I pretty much became a professional comedian uh, very quickly, okay. really. And at this point in their life, is there kids or not kids? Oh, yeah, there's kids. My, you know. So do, my, they go on, do they go on the road with you? No, or you they did not. If you want to know them, more. Lock them in a closet or what? Yeah, right. <laughs> No, they stayed behind with uh, dad, right? Uh, okay. And, you know, this was all spoken about before I ended up on the road and everything. And in fact, you know what? There was a, I, you just reminded me there was a, when I was to make the decision to go or not go, right? I mean, it's like, okay, you're going to take this thing or not. Um, it was a Sunday that we were driving back from the in-laws house and uh, the kids were asleep in the back seat and I'm talking to God the whole time. I'm going, okay, should I go? Should I not go? I mean, I can't leave my kids and there's uh, all this stuff. It's just, you know, there's a moment of reckoning. And mm -hmm. when we pulled up in the driveway of the house, my daughter woke up, she was three and she woke up three or four. Um, and she said, mom, God wants you to be a comedian. <laughs> and I almost could not get out of the car um, because I hadn't been talking to anybody about it. Maybe it's not like my husband right. and I were talking about it. Um, actually, I'm, sh I'm sorry. She was six. 
I lied. Okay. She was six years old. And uh, I kind of took that as a, let's, let's go forward. Uh, I mean, when you ask God and he, you get an answer like that, I mean, come on. She just right? wakes up and goes, Mom, God wants you to be a comedian. Okay. She just said that. She, I don't, it's just her little mouth. Mom, God wants you to be a comedian. I, I don't know if she was connected in my head. I don't know. But I, I said, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll do True. my best. And then after that, in 99, I moved to California. True story. Yep. I mean, you've, yeah. already li- you've already lied to us about your daughter's age when she said it. I know, I know. I that just, was... <laughs> you're, un- you're under oath. You're under oath. Okay. No, that was a- absolutely the truth, I swear. Okay. Right. Big time. Right. Yeah, I mean, I you know, those are the parts of the stories that everybody has. So, you know, like, yeah. You you still do comedy. Um, I do. I have, I have to ask. I mean, you were talking about the comedians you met early when you first started. They were... They were bitter and angry so have you managed to avert that type of bitterness <laughs> in your life or are you are you do you just smile on stage and are just a bitter anger angry old hag on the on the outside world or what are you trying to tell me something no Come on, me, now. i'm not no, you know, you know i love you no 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 no, 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 no. i'm not no. trying to, i'm not trying to infer anything i always yeah right i always said to myself uh, that weekend, uh, beginning that weekend, I said, you know, if you become that angry and bitter, then you don't, you need to make a change and go do something else. Uh, so I was happy, uh, go lucky and everything. I was very engaged and, and thrilled in comedy. And then, you know, but there's a lot of changes that happened. I moved to California in 99. Uh, there was a divorce in the, in the works that happened because of some of this stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, uh, television changed. You know, you had to go to L.A. Remember back in the mm-hmm. day, you had to go if you wanted a sitcom or and everything. And that's the days in 99, they were talking about cable television. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, that's not going to take. <laughs> Never get popular. That's not. The people are not going to pay for their TV. Right. And then there was the streaming and things like that. So what, you know, the change has been that you don't really have to be in L.A. anymore to to do these things. So by, by 2015, um, I was ready to come back to good old Texas. I love me some Texas. And, and back to the alma mater. That's correct. That's said, well, I didn't, that's not a plan. That was not planned. I first went to Austin. That's when you and I connected many times. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, from- I mean, folks, just for the listeners in, in a professional <laughs> manner. I mean, uh, absolutely. It wasn't like a one night hookup above or anything, but you know, anything like, at all exactly. above reproach. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people wondering, they go, God, I got such a connection. I just wonder. Nope. Never happened guys. Never happened. <laughs> no. And, and so I, I Shayla, you know, Shayla, was, Shayla was strong. She was strong. Thank I you. I was dead. Yeah. I, I could, I controlled myself because you know, I mean, it, it was very tempting. Such a hunk. <laughs> so I was, no, we were doing, you know, we were doing comedy and doing some, a little bit of speaking and stuff. And then that, that's when I ended up being invited to speak to first gen students, uh, A&M, my oh. alma mater. And I went and I made the presentation and uh, Dr. Sonia Garcia up here, she's director of first gen and underrepresented. She goes, oh my God, you should teach here. She's Dominican. Oh my God, you should teach here. And <laughs> that's <laughs> and a whole nother story. We oh, well, not, my gosh. Not, not today. Not today. Don't Dominicans. even get us started on that. But she, when she said that, I said, oh, that's, I'm like, yeah, right. Come on. That's not, that's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I came back a couple more times until 
Uh, I spoke to the up, you know, actually she's going to become the president of the university in June 1st. Dean, Ooh. at the time, Dean Catherine Banks wow. was the one who said, I hear you want to teach here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was joking with her. She goes, when do you want to start? I'm like, tomorrow. And she wasn't kidding. So I got an offer to come back to A&M and I, I work with the College of Engineering as a professor and a director of a program called Engineering X, where I help engineering students develop that X factor. And that X factor is, uh, is the whole interpersonal skills, professional development thing that I know how to do. Aerospace, I ain't teaching that. I can't do that. <laughs> but I can, <laughs> you know, I think there's great, I think, you know, it's all about, it's like you, right? I mean, you and I sit down and we talk and all that stuff. And, but a lot of students are not comfortable, maybe, um, you know, connecting with people, talking. They don't even know how to just be comfortable in their own skin. And that's uh, where I come in. And, and, and I'm not picking on young people, but unless, you know, unless they text it or do a little emoji, I don't know if they even know how to communicate, but other than that, right. but that, right. that's, that we'll save that for another episode. Yes. That's another episode. <clears throat> I'm not, and I'm, I don't want to pick on any audience segment out there, but Shayla, it, it sounds like an amazing life and opportunity you've had, but it hasn't been all rainbows and sunshine, has it? No, it's not. But that's a, and that's a thing. That's a story. You know, we, we like to pretend, I mean, I can see that. I mean, a lot of people, especially if they reach certain levels of success like you, ah. right? You just will not tell about the night that you, you know, uh, had to pull over and throw up on the side of the road while you're, you know, front, you were not driving. I just, uh, whatever. The <laughs> Boy, Taylor, you remember that night? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, held, you held my hair back. <laughs> I was holding you by the hair. <laughs> Well, yes, I'm not that bald yet. Well, you had done it for you had done it for me before. Yeah, that's so, you true. Know, that's true. Yeah, okay. pagando, you got to You got to pay, pay it forward. Pay it forward. <laughs> pay it forward. But no, of course not. I mean, for me, it's always been about you know peace and and just kind of being comfortable myself in my own skin, which I'm almost there. Eh, I might get there uh, someday. But uh, you know, how do you learn if not through through the struggles and everything? So. What can I tell you being a broke comedian? Not, every, every comedian is broke, by the way. My now they have a lot of money, but before they have money, they have no money. So having two kids in California and struggling with money was one thing. And then, you know, I came back and I got, I survived, I'm a breast cancer survivor. And, but I was ready for that. When that, when I was diagnosed with that, I told the doctor, okay, tell me what I got to do and I'll give it my best. And he kind of looked at me like, did you hear what I said? Uh, yeah, you said I have breast cancer and we got to do something about it. So I can't tell you what to do. Um, so I was not, I really wasn't afraid at the time. Um, I was yeah. only concerned for the, the kids, right? I mean, they're, they get scared. Okay. But the big but, C, I mean, cancer. It was I mean, a big C and my mother had died of cancer as well. You know, uh, she, my mom didn't even make it to 50. She was a, a, a month short of that. But Again, you know, I would not, why be afraid of that? Uh, it's generational too, and things have changed and whatever. And I really did give it my best. And I can report that I'm cancer-free and I'm remaining that way porque a pura, you know, candela, I'm not going to change. I, I really just don't feel, I feel blessed, of course. And, uh, but I did my due diligence and then that's all you can do. You can only do your best. Dang it. Well, first of all, congratulations. I mean, Thank you. you know, congratulations for being cancer-free and a survivor. And, and Shayla, I, I have to I have to confess, I mean, we've known each other for a while, but when I would actually see you perform, 
when you had breast cancer, cancer, the way you'd get on stage or at events and just be, I mean, you would think your entire life and everything was just perfect. Uh, you were funny, you were personable, but yet dealing with breast cancer the whole time. And I'm sure there's times you weren't feeling well or sick or from the treatment. I just, what a struggle no, no. and well, what a tribute that you actually made it through and are now cancer free. Congratulations. Well, thank you. That's very, very kind and nice of you to say, uh, you know, I, I did, I did. It, but actually, you know, doing that, performing perhaps and everything helps in the healing, you know, because yeah. it gets your mind on something else. Because what, it, what do they say? Laugh, laughter is the best medicine. It sure is. But, you know, I mean, breast cancer wasn't even as hard as, you know, I ended up having um, my son was falsely accused at one point in his life. He was in, in jail waiting for a trial for two years. Uh, uh, you know, once we finally, I didn't have the money to buy, uh, to get a, to buy an attorney. You do buy attorneys uh, to get an attorney. <laughs> um, and uh, so every day of what was two he, years. What was he accused of? He was accused of sexual assault. He had just begun his business. He had called me two weeks prior and said, okay, we started the business and I bought my brand new bed and he was all excited. Well, it, he said, when he called me to tell me that somebody had accused him of that, uh, he said, don't worry, mom, because I, this didn't happen. Well, the point is that I learned a lot about our criminal system and how uh, broken it is. I learned a lot about jails and prisons. I learned a lot about families that have people in a jail and a prison that we just don't even think about anymore. Oh, well, you know, if you did something, then mm. you deserve to be in there. And I probably was one of those people, too. Uh, to a certain extent, but boy, there's just so much. Were you one of those people who actually thought the justice system worked and that only, you know, only criminals would be incarcerated? I certainly thought, yeah, I thought, I thought better, uh, you know, certainly that there was a, a chance, but I did learn that there's, well, it's a little more complex than that. And the point is that he ended up for the two years that he was in waiting for a trial that I was able finally to save enough money to get an attorney for him. Uh, I, I was performing, I was giving talks. I was doing, those were people had no idea. And, um, that I was every night when I put my head on the pillow, that was harder than cancer for wow. me. I, I thought about my son, um, you know, being in jail and imprisoned for, for that, per, for that. And then we went to trial and I will report that, 10 minutes that the, there was nothing there. And the, the jury came back with a no guilty verdict to the extent that they expunged the file the next day. So it never happened. And it's like, wow, no, what, it didn't happen. But what right? happened is two years of his life. Two years of his life, right? Because when, you didn't, because you didn't have the money and I'm not even going to talk about the people of color factor. Oh, well, um, yeah, exactly. Ah, wow. It's a, that's, that's what was going on. Uh, probably when we met more than anything else. It was, uh, you know, I had to keep on keeping on. Talk about resilience, right? But the thing is, you know, uh, I, I this was, that was nothing compared to what happened three years ago when I came back from a gig in Lake Tahoe here in College Station. And, uh, and I ended up, you know, getting home at two o'clock in the morning and I found my son uh, who was gone. His you know, he was, he was like the best buddy I ever had. And I so admired him. He was a good guy. He was a giving, caring person. Um, 
but you know he had walked some very dark through the dark places and um there was a lot of pain there and and people you know family latino families are so tough sometimes you know ah just get over it right they don't even listen to you but this is why i say we need to listen to each other's story you know um it was some we're not all the same and uh, it's just not worth losing people because we're not listening to each other so yeah i'm i'm still going on okay. i'm going on but here's the thing look i know i of course, I'm going to be sentimental and all this stuff because it was my best friend, my son. I mean, he was my son. Yeah, I, he was the air in my lungs. But I know that I'm not the only person who's walked through all of these things or many things like this. Shana, I know we all have. I, I hate. I I don't mean to to to. Well, so what was it? Was it an overdose? Was it suicide? What? what no, what it, it wasn't. He uh, he wasn't. It wasn't a suicide but it was his it was by his it was his fault you know he my he had he drank uh sometimes and whatever and then you know he, and no he 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 caused it he caused okay. his own he pushed it um and and that's it he then you found him and i found him ah. and i found him and wow and uh, yeah and talk about changing every cell in your body when you realize. And, and this happened. And this happened how long ago? Three. It was three years ago, May eighth this year. So three years, only three years. Yeah, only three years ago. Yep. I could we, not imagine the pain you must have gone through of losing, of not uh, only losing a child, but being the first one on the scene to see him yeah, there, that's laying a, that, there. That's something that never leaves you. I, I didn't know. I thought he was sleeping or just laying there, and I was telling him, just look at the mess in this room and like a typical Latino mother, right? And then I touched his leg and I'd never forget the moment I touched his leg and I realized there's no life here. And uh, well, in that moment you have to, you get a lot of questions in your mind after that, but I, I just, I forgave him. I said, son, I forgive you. And I did. And I surrendered to what was going on because what else can I do? And so what I do is I sometimes share the story because sharing the story helps other people. They come to me, they hug me, they say, thank you. So that's the thing. We sometimes want to keep these things hidden and quiet and stuff, but that's part of who you are. That's life. why I share it because it's part of who of my story. Well, I can only imagine that your story has probably helped others, not only in breast cancer, but dealing with the loss of a child. So... There again, Shayla, I just, I mean, first of all, you're a friend and you know that, but the admiration and respect I have for you is just hard to describe. It's just, you just keep going and you do it with a smile on your face and you make people laugh and you bring joy and happiness into people's hearts. Thank you. I, tr be, uh, you know, it's, I, I was going to say I try, but I'm not really trying. No, I'm you're doing, doing it. You, doing, Mija, right. you are doing it. You're not, yeah. I mean. I mean, if you, you weren't, know, I, if you weren't Puerto Rican, I'd say, are you a Mexican or a Mexican? And you're a can because you're doing I'm a doing Puerto Rican, not uh, a Puerto Rican. There, there, there you go. You're a Puerto Rican, <laughs> not a Puerto Rican. Yeah, it's true. You know, and, and, and you, if you pay attention to your story and then you share it and then you help other people and everything, then you can find some cool stuff in there. I mean, you know, I like to say that 
mental health issues, right? We talk about that all the time, especially now with COVID and all these things are happening and everything. And, you know, oftentimes we say, well, J.R. Gonzalez has mental health issues. And in that case, I've never denied it. That is true in that sense. And, but we, we don't pay attention to that, but you know, like you have, you, we say uh, young people have mental health issues or Michael had mental health issues. The first time that I came out of my mouth, I, I kind of realized that it wasn't his mental health issues that were the issue. It was my mental health, the mental health of all of us around these people that need somebody to connect with somebody to, you know, to help him out, to, to talk to and to be listened by, to trust. It's our mental health. We are the ones that are messed up. Estamos todos locos. We're not listening to, we're just like, oh yeah, well, you don't have a job, then you must be a loser or you are this. Or, oh, come on now. Stop it. Stop it. Um, yeah. Stop that. So yeah, uh, that's, that's my campaign now. Whose mental health are really the issue here uh, who's right so three years yeah absolutely so so uh, three years ago you're back on track you were offered the hbo special in the in the uh, the wake oh my god. the wake of that i can oh my god i mean yeah. something you'd probably been waiting for and shooting for for and then to get the offer right after right after a tragedy like that well here's how that that came about how much time we have we have a little bit of time let me yeah, tell you about that so this is, again, is a great, you just reminded thank you, but a very interesting moment in the story. So my son passed away, and like many people who have lost like that know, what you do is you start learning to be yourself. Every day that following year, I was learning to be Shayla on like June 1st, right, and July 2nd. So it was like, I was working, I, nobody would know, but I had lost something. There was a spirit in me that was you know, I mean, why do it anymore? He's not here or whatever. And on the anniversary of his first, uh, the first year anniversary of his death, I, I woke up with his voice in my head going, mom, you got to dream again. You got to get back out there, mom. You got it. You got it. What's going on? Well, you got a dream. You have no dreams anymore. You're living your life and you've never been like that. He used to call me a badass. You're a badass. You keep, you know, pushing things. And, um, I said, fine, I got up and I, I started writing things down and I encourage everybody to do that. I mean, I sat down and I wrote it down and I said, okay, well, what dreams can I possibly even care about right now? So I started writing things. And one of the things I wrote was I will do my HBO half hour special with Edwin Licona. Edwin Licona is somebody I had worked with before, uh, with HBO as well. I mean, he's not an HBO person. He was a, he's a producer. And I wrote that and a bunch of other things. I'm still waiting for the Bentley, by the way. Um, you know, <laughs> I put, I put a bunch of things on this, on this list and, you know, I've, and I put it away. And a couple months later I get a call and Daryl, good old Daryl says, Daryl, Daryl, that's that, that's a skinny little white guy that hangs. <laughs> he is. Okay. Yes, a, a question is, is he like, paid staff is he a groupie or he is a business manager and and partner in my life right now yes okay okay. (laughs) i've always wondered about him yeah he's a good he's i'll tell you more about him but he's kind of lurks lurks in the shadows and he does he kind of pops in hey and then receipts again 
Um, but he he said it's Edwin, and I was like, okay. And Edwin said, hey, Shayla, I'm about to I'm about to go in in a, at lunch today. Going to go in and pitch some HBO half hour specials. Uh, can I give him your name? And boy, I had to put the phone. I said, hold on, Edwin. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? And you know, because you know, you know comedy. You all know comedy, and uh, I don't know that I was ready. I, but it came in. You know, I remember. I wrote it down. So I only felt my son. Wow. And I said, yep, okay, let's do it. So as soon as I did that, um, I, you know, it was going to happen in a few months and uh, very difficult to do. You know, comedians have to be honest. You have to go on stage and be, you know, you can't just talk about farts if you just lost your son, right? I mm -hmm. mean, it's kind of like you're supposed to, or like, I certainly expected myself to do that kind of a thing. But boy, JR, I could not. Every time I started to sit down to write something, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, just get there. So anyway, point is that the night comes, I do the show. As soon as the show is over in LA, I hate it. I hate it so bad because... I didn't mention my son because I didn't, I just kind of did a comedy special, right? Not, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't right. share anything. And um, so I, I started going, oh my God, I hope that they don't release this. This is crap. I waited 27, six years to do this. And this is the best I can do. What the heck, whatever. And I went in that theater and found a corner in the darkest corner. I was just there so down. Anyway, fast forward. It's uh, December of 19, uh, 2019, and, um, you know, I, I haven't heard anything from HBO. I'm like, cool, it's not happening. And then COVID hits 2020, and I'm like, I, I'm sorry, but I'm like, okay, good. Maybe HBO will not put that stuff out. <laughs> and sure enough, I got a call from Edwin. Okay, you're going to be the first one out. I'm like, oh, God. So, I, you know. The thing is, because of COVID and everything and the climate in our country, they said, well, we have kind of, kind of edited everybody's set to take anything out that might seem to be, you know, inappropriate. Inappropriate, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, which you don't really do in comedy, right? But um, uh, so you have five minutes or a few minutes at the end. I want you to just kind of get on camera and say, hey, thanks for joining me at COVID and whatever. And thank you for watching my special. But every time I tried to do that in front of the camera, I couldn't do it. I just could not do it. So I did one of those takes when you go, I'm just going to be real. And what came out was what you will see if you watch my special, you'll see it at the end. Fast forward to the credits uh, or not at the end. And then I have a little message where I can, yeah, remember that, you know, what happened was after, after I got off the stage, uh, and I was dark. Uh, and, you know, when I was told that it's going to come out, then I remember my son again came to me pretty much and, you know, so reminded me of something that I used to tell him all the time, which is Theodore Roosevelt's uh, Man at the, at the Arena. Um, and if you don't know that quote, uh, you should go and look it up. But, you know, it essentially says, you know, it's not the critic that counts. It is the person that actually gets in the arena and fights and gets bloodied and tarred and all that and and you know who will at the you know might lose but it will not will not exist in a weak way or whatever. So I realized that I needed to do that, and you know it's a good, it's not a bad special. Uh, the the producer said 
I told him I want to do one about my son and losing. And he says, yeah, I'm ready, you know, whenever you're ready. So there might be another one coming out. But, you know, it's one of those things that um, there was a reason um, for it. And and I know that it was kind of my son connecting with me again, trying to get me to, you know, to be a badass again. Yeah, be a bad, be the badass, mom. Yeah. So th- here I am. I am the badass. Well, with Shayla, Gonzalez. <laughs> well, I watched the special. I thought it was great. Um, uh, at first, I, I I didn't think I was going to get to to new, to watch it, but then some new neighbors moved in and they had HBO. So <laughs> oh, stop I it! Tapped into their little cablet. And I got <laughs> H. Yo tengo H- I, I got HBO también. <laughs> Uh, Shayla, we're almost out of time here, but I want to thank you so much for for being being on the episode with me, and then also opening up and sharing parts of your life. I think it's important that real, people realize that people are people. We all have stories, and as you said, it's our story to tell, and this one is your story to tell. It is, and we should share. At the bottom of all depression and any suicide is a story not shared. Go share your story. Share the story. Let me ask you something. Yep. Would you be willing in the future maybe come back? Or uh, maybe we could co-host an episode and have some fun and pick on some poor schmuck that, that, oh, that, would that be, wouldn't that be fun? That would be, you know, that <laughs> wouldn't be fair. It would let's do it for Daryl. Let's start Ooh. off with Daryl. Let's practice <gasps> on Daryl. Let's <gasps> do part in your people's uh, significant others. Oh my God, that would be fun. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> okay, we need we need we need to sign up. Uh, we need to get some immunity papers first with our spouses, yeah, yeah with our significant <laughs> others. Guys, thank you, Shayla. Once again, thank you very much. Um, this is Shayla Rivera, professional comedian, professor, yes. teacher, mom. You can find me at shaylarivera.com. S H A Y L A R I V E R A dot com. There you go. And you're on you you're on YouTube. <laughs> If you get a booking for the show, for if you listen, Shayla, uh-huh. if you get a booking from the show, I want fifteen percent. I mean, that, okay, that's all. It. That's all there is to it. It's fine. Okay, five percent, folks. You've been listening yeah. to the Latino Business Report with Jr. Gonzalez and Shayla Rivera. If you like what you hear, please like us, follow us. Shayla, any last words before we leave? Well, I will say to everybody, the business of your life is the most important business you will ever run. So get into it and take some risks, have fun, and always leave people better than you find them. And be a badass. And be a badass. badass. (laughs) And be a badass. Join me. All right, guys. (laughs) We will see you next time.